Hello, dear listeners of Occult Addiction, and welcome to Season 4, Episode 8 of Banfrey's Occult, in which I, Jeffrey Banfrey, maestro of all that is arcane, weird with a Y, and gnostic with a G, will expound on my latest adventures in the locale of pastoral strangeness that is Lydiot, and indeed the Scotch Piper. T'was a quiet Thursday evening. Bunny and myself were having a lugubrious game of draughts at a table in the back room of the pub. I was sipping a hot toddy, and Bunny was availing himself of Buster Barmaid, who sat across his lap, giggling as he played his latest move. Oh, I must say, Bunfrey, I really enjoy this evening. Well, why not? Why not? Life is but short, like yourself, my friend. So one must sip from the cup of pleasure when it is in one's hand. Marvellous philosophizing, Bunfrey. Oh, dear. Excuse me, Bunny. I must take this call. Hello, Geoffrey Bunfrey, occult wonderkind extraordinaire. Oh, 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 Bunfrey, you must come. Uh, I'm, I'm in a tight spot. Oh, I'm, I'm in, in the back of the magical wood. Oh, oh it's your old pal, Monty. Monty the Stism, the Troubled and the Aquarium. Come, make haste, make haste, Bunsley. Oh, dear. The phone was hung up. It was our old friend, the troubled antiquarian, Monty Rhodes Jism, who was in a tight spot. Luckily, Monty is in a tight spot with all too telling frequency. And I had secreted upon his personage an occult location device which revealed his location in great detail. Not as good as sat-nav on your phone, but not far off. It gave you a feeling a twitching in the balls when you were close to the point of interest. Come, Bunny. Divest yourself of that busty barmaid. Bloody hell, Bumbry. Off we go into the magical wood. It's Monty Rhodes Jism. MRJ is in a tight spot. We are out at the pub, on to the broomsticks, and following the twitching of my balls, navigating our way close to the magical wood, which ran a couple of miles hence away from the back of the pub. We took to the air. The breeze caressed us. I could see the stars. How wonderful. A full moon graced the sky, shedding its kind, cold light on all below. 
What wonderful purple prose I'm improvising this morning. Marvellous. We could hear, as we approached, our descent to the ground. Some awful noises, which could only have been Monty Rhodes Jism himself, MRJ, in a tight spot. The noises went thus. Oh, dear. <laughs> Where is me? I'm really stuck this time. Oh, gosh. I wish I wasn't such a sex addict and, and drug addict and gambler and all these other things. It's an inherited income, you know. He went on thus, self-lacerating himself verbally, when he usually lacerates himself physically, or indeed pays somebody else to do it. We came into a bosky clearing, and the sight we beheld was not one you would forget in a hurry. There lay Monty Rhodes, Jason the Trouble Antiquarian, trousers round his ankles, upon his side, prone, supine, on the floor. Atop him was a large creature, half man, half horse, a centaur, if you will, from Greek classical mythology, although this particular situation was not one I'd ever seen described by Plato et al. Ibid, etc. The centaur was a muscular fellow up top, big beard, huge horse's body below. He was a top Monty Rhodes Jism's prone body. And unfortunately, for everyone concerned, being passed out, he had a huge preapic erection, which was buried right up to the base <laughs> in Monty's pale, quivering buttocks. Monty must have been in a great deal of pain, and he was indeed stuck. Now then, Monty... What's all this? Oh, oh gosh. Well, um, I'll probably say <laughs> it's a romantic liaison. Um, gone awry. Awry? Have you tried to date rape unsuccessfully a centaur? Well, I mean, it probably wouldn't stand up in the court of law, you know. <laughs> Hand on heart. Yes. A bit, probably. Oh, God. Right, Bunny, get those gloves on. Those those gloves they wear in, you know, CSI or whatever. Well, I'm not doing that. I'm really not doing that. It's going to cost you this, Monty. I'll pay whatever. Just, just sort it out. <laughs> sort it out. Po-safe. Po as soon as you can. Too sweet. Righty-ho. But, oh... Bloody old Bumphrey, I'm not... Get the gloves on, buddy. I'm not doing it. I'm the boss. You're getting paid for this as well. You'll get your 20% of it. Oh, God. I've, I've had a lovely evening with Barbade. Oh, God. Bunny, put on a mask. Got the gloves. Got a huge tube of occult lube and started sorting out... The huge preapic centaur cock extracting it from 
Monty Rhodes' jism's rather destroyed, it has to be said, bottom. It was a two-man lift to get the horse body off him. After some time, we gave him a few painkillers, got him on the back of the broomstick, and took him back to his house, Ipsissimus House, on the marshes of Hightown. Now, now, Monty, that'll be three grand. Three, three grand? Well, you could still be stuck where you were, so hand over the cash pronto, sunshine. All right, all right. And if that centaur ever remembers what's happened to him, you're in big trouble, boy. Yes, I, I really must calm down. It's uh, back to the safety for me, I suppose. Just go and watch University Challenge or something. Stop being such a pervert. Like you, um, see you boys, I'm off to Icefield Bumhole. <laughs> you do that, Monts. You do that. Catch you soon, pal. Daddy, bye. <laughs> And with that, we were back on the broomsticks, back to the Scotch Piper, barmaid on Bunny's lap, game of drafts, early night, wonderful. And thus ends a marvellous episode of Bunfrey's Accounts. Bum, 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 bum,